WATD presents The People's Truth, a show dedicated to bringing communities together and keeping the truth alive. Join us each week as we shine the light of justice on topics, people, and local businesses that highlight the real people's truth. Here is your host, Benny Rabbi. Yes, indeedy. It is Monday night. It is 9 o'clock, and it is time for The People's Truth with your host, me, Benny Rabbi. Welcome, welcome, folks. Another great Monday in the books. It was a relatively cold one, but you know what? Hey, in the face of everything that's going on, at least we're still here to complain about it. And we got a great show lined up for you tonight, folks. We're going to have a nice upbeat conversation. we got some hockey on the agenda. When do we not, folks? We're just kind of a hockey program here. It's, it's just a side effect of life, you know? Uh, but we do have some great guests for you coming in tonight. All the way from Weymouth, we have the head coach of the varsity Weymouth team, Pat Kennedy, joining us. Also, reoccurring guests coming back in, Coach Adam Clancy, joining us as the head coach of the Braintree JV team, Anthony Chigasola from the East Coast Militia and Vikings Club. And to lead things off, we also have from the Boston Herald WATD's own Brendan Connolly to do some high school hockey preview talk with us. And uh, before we get into Brendan's segment and get going and hitting the tracks nice and hard here. I want to say, folks, don't forget you can catch past episodes of The People's Truth on Spotify, on Podbean, on a whole bunch of other platforms, iTunes included, of course. All you have to do is search The People's Truth 33. Without any more hosting around, Brendan, welcome to the program, my friend. How have you been? I've been good, Ben. Yourself? You know, we're rocking and reeling, reeling and rocking, my friend. You know how it goes. But I'm excited. Hockey is almost upon us. We have the dates in our hands. You were there at the MIAA meeting yourself. Tell us, is the excitement as palatable as it tastes? I wouldn't say it was. You mean uh, the meeting about a week or so ago when they made the announcement with that winter sports were going to happen? Yes, I was in on that one. And uh, for a while, it was kind of uh, scary. It seemed like... There was some pushback on whether there should be any hockey whatsoever. Um, I'd like to thank Tom Holgate at Duxbury for kind of getting everyone on an even keel. And uh, he actually came up with the idea we should put blueprints of each of these local rinks in and then just, you know, kind of organize school by school and try to see who can use the rink when and that whole sort of jazz. It was a it was interesting, but I'm glad to know that starting in about three weeks or so, we'll be uh, broadcasting games once again. I'm pretty excited for it. Yeah, absolutely. Returning to the WATD airwaves, I know it's been a little while since we've been able to do some regular season coverage, but it looks like this season that's all we're going to have, Brendan, since there's no uh, state tournament or anything like that. It's business as normal for the JV clubs out there, but for the varsities and, and it's a lot of the seniors, that's another devastating blow in a long line since uh, early 2020. Honestly, yeah, I'm just glad that they're actually having a season in general. I wasn't sure if we were going to be able to pull it off. Uh, looks like, barring any, uh, you know, anything coming down from the state ranks, uh, it looks like we're going to still have a full hockey season. Still a lot of hurdles to get through, but um, starting in January 2nd, it looks like that's when a lot of these uh, schools are going to have their first games around that same time frame or so. Um, looks like the Patriot League is going to start exactly on the second. South Shore League, I still have to pull up here, but it looks like they're going to be going forward. And a lot of these guys in here, Bay State Conference guys, looks like they'll be uh, starting in a similar time frame. I see, I've see, i seen some conferences 
push uh, their start <clears throat> to the 11th. But if any of you guys have any uh, further details on that, I'd like to know. Absolutely. And uh, great segue, Brendan, joining us in the conversation, like we said, all the way from the Weymouth Varsity Locker Room, Pat Kennedy joins us. Mr. Kennedy, welcome and welcome. I can't say welcome enough, my friend. We just love having hockey folks here. (laughs) Tell the folks at home a little bit about yourself, Coach. And uh, again, thank you for joining us here on The People's Truth. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's it's, going to be fun. I'm glad they glad the boys are having a season. Uh, I'm a Weymouth guy, so uh, I started coaching. This is going to be my 11th year, so um, I've been kind of have had all kinds of teams, had really successful teams. The first year was a Super 8 team, and then uh, the next year we we didn't do so hot. We graduated a lot, we lost a lot, so uh, I've really learned a lot in 11 years, and I'm glad that I can uh, continue to coach my hometown. Absolutely. And alongside him as well, head coach of the JV Braintree team, Coach Adam Clancy. Welcome back to the program, my friend. You're quickly becoming one of our uh, most repeat offenders here. You're going to be a co-host soon. You know what, Ben? I'm loving it. So anytime you want to have me, I'm I'm always willing to, to hop on and uh, give my two cents. And I, I can see Chiggs on camera shaking his head and just being Chiggs. Um, but no, thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to it. Um, you know, and I'm like Pat said, I'm just very excited the boys can have a season this year. Absolutely. So, Brendan, you were you were at the meetings not long ago. You've gotten all the, the scoops. What can these guys be expecting as far as the thing we all don't want to hear about, but we have to, the COVID regulations? Because obviously that has changed the game this season, and the fact that we're even operating is a testament to that. But what are some of the things that uh, they should be looking forward to? Well, most of the modifications I've seen do not really have to do with the game, with the exception of a few on the ice. It, most of the stuff we have to worry about is off the ice, where a player is going to be sitting, where our coach is going to be set up, where our, are there going to be any fans, are there not going to be any fans. That seems to be the key in most of these things. Um, overall, it looks like, with the exception of uh, checking, I think checking is going to be one of the thing that's, things that most people notice that is different with the game, um, high school in general isn't really as big of a checking game as you get to the collegiate ranks and the NHL ranks, pro league ranks. Um, that's The only change you're going to see on the ice really is in that specific area. There's going to be um, limits on who can go into those corners, get those scrums, that sort of deal. But most of the stuff we're going to see is off the ice. And obviously the thing we got to worry about is just – seeing how students handle things responsibly and coaching, coaching staff members, um, just handling their duties off the ice responsibly. If they do that, uh, the season should go on as planned unless uh, a statewide uh, ban or regulation comes down, uh, which is a rumor. That's the only thing I'm worried about is a possible shutdown. Outside of that, though, it looks like everything's going to be the same way as it was before with a few exceptions. Absolutely. So on that note, Coach Kennedy, we'll uh, start with you. What what are some of the things you've already done in your approach to the season? I'm sure normally there's all kinds of rituals in the preseason as you get ready to start that long, long march. But this year is a little bit different. So what's uh, some of the changes you've brought to your approach this year? Yeah, I think just um, like Brendan said, physically with the rank, just, you know, making sure we follow the rules and stick with the restrictions um with the number of people we have on the ice and making sure that everybody's staying away from each other's part uh, making sure the coaches know where to go um 
and just you know making sure everybody's being honest and responsible with the choices that they make uh, if they're feeling sick and we're, we're just pushing that you know if you if you're feeling sick just stay home um but yeah we unfortunately haven't had any of our t- typical preseason team meetings or anything like that and uh everything's on zoom so uh it's definitely a learning process for everybody that's for sure absolutely and uh coach clancy same for you yeah, I mean, with the, at the JV level, you know, I kind of follow the the road path of the varsity coach, um, Dave Fasano, and just kind of, you know, he dictates kind of what the rules are. But, I mean, with regards to the ranks and, the spe- you know, things like that, that's out of the, the player's control, out of the coach's control. You know, a lot of the rules and regulations that are sent, you know, the ranks have to follow are sent down by the state, you know. So it, it's going to be different. It, it's not going to be the, the same high school hockey season kids are used to. But, I mean, if the boys can play, I think that's really all that matters. Absolutely. Well said. Uh, Coach Chiggs, we'll get you on here as well. You've seen a lot of it from the youth end, and uh, we've discussed it in some previous episodes, but it's an ever-changing door, an ever-changing situation. So uh, same thing with the youth league. I mean, uh, you've already started, obviously, been well under production here. What are the big noticeable things for you that you've noticed on the youth side as well? Um, Well, also just with the youth side, I think – the other side, just high school hockey part too, just to think of is the prep schools. And I'm saying this just a generic statement. Typically, you know, the better high school hockey players end up playing at these preparatory schools like a Thayer, like uh, a Winchenden, a Williston, everything like that. All of these kids, I mean, you're talking about them playing 10 to 15 games max. Um, Thayer Academy started skating again today at our rink. And Thayer is skating for two weeks and then they're on break till like January 20th. So I think you're seeing not just a a hit for Massachusetts hockey, but you're talking about a hit for Massachusetts hockey for some of the better players. And again, I mean, no insult. If you go to a, a Weymouth or a Braintree or an Archie's or a CM or a BC high, it's just, there's a lot of kids this year that are not going to be able to have what they've typically had. I mean, if we're talking about no state tournament, you know, that's no Super 8. That's no, you know, no game at the Garden. That, that's stuff that these kids look forward to. Uh, a Hingham, a Hingham Archie's game at the old Hingham rink. I mean, like, that's the type of stuff that I think you're going to see gone to the side. So I feel bad for a lot of these kids. But at the end of the day, I guess, you know, the important thing is, is as of right now today, to just kind of to piggyback off of Brendan, as of today, we're allowed to play. But I think people are afraid of the, you know, there's that one kid that his mask falls off during the period and a parent takes a photo of it. You know, okay. Like, people need to kind of take a deep breath about this. I think everybody across the board is trying their best to get hockey back. Um, But I I do feel for a lot of these kids, uh, you know, that just it's it's the best time of their lives and they're not allowed to do what they want. Very true. Ben, I'm going to piggyback off what Chig said. You know, the you look back at you know some of the rivalries in high school that Pat and I experienced. You know, every New Year's Eve uh, at one o'clock in the afternoon, Weymouth High would play Hingham at the old Hingham rink, and the, the rink would be packed by eleven thirty, just because it was such a big rivalry game. You know, and that's when I was a senior, it was the best game ever. You know, when Pat played, it was probably the same feeling. That's gonna really be hard for these seniors to to try to cope with this year you know it's it's gonna be very tough 
Absolutely, and we've already seen one wave of seniors have everything with the literal carpet ripped out from underneath them. Brendan, you and I were uh, covering a lot of these teams right up until that last game before the Garden, and we saw it. You know, we saw it on Twitter, we saw it on social media. The coaches having to break the news to those kids on the ice in their practices, and I mean, co-champions. Uh, that that stings enough just to just to deal with that, but then have the rest of the next year ripped away and everything else. Brendan, it's been a wild ride for hockey in the last year, but uh, just before we let you go, bud, uh, give us one more preview and just what do you think with all the things that we have that are such unknowns, and we really we, we don't know what's going to happen until it happens, but uh, do you think we're going to at least see those rivalries with the same intensity or because there's no state tournament, are we going to see a lull in that? I think we're going to see a lot of things for the first time. Um, we were talking about Hingham just a couple of seconds ago. That's a team that is a public school. It's an independent um, for mo- uh, the most of its history. Um, same with Marshfield. Some of these big public schools are going to be playing in a conference schedule against schools that have not seen them before. So um, just in that conference alone, and you see teams like Braintree, like Weymouth, they're accustomed to playing against Super 8 contenders throughout the course of the year. They're going to be playing against just their local neighbors. They're not going to be playing any of those big teams. So we're going to see some wild games where I think we'll see a lot of uh, blowouts, a lot of like six to seven nothing games probably. Um, Probably have the same uh, teams in the conversation for the better teams in Massachusetts, but some of those other teams in the lower ranks that you're accustomed to seeing do well are not going to be as high up there. Uh, I think – Teams to look out for, like Braintree in the Bay State Conference, Framingham. That's a team you got to watch out for. Um, Weymouth is also always in the conversation. Um, I think they'll do pretty well this year. Um, but looking ahead, like I said, I think we're just going to see a bigger disparity. You know, again, certain teams going against each other, that's going to be the biggest uh, difference, I think, overall. And then once we get to this league tournament, obviously there's no Super 8, which is unfortunate, but you're still going to see the same intensity. These teams have all grown up with each other. They know what each one is like. So there's still going to be some intense rivalries out there. I just don't know if it's going to be something we're used to. Right. It's going to be really all for the bragging rights this time because there is no hardware. So, hey, you know, time will tell, and we'll just have to see how it all unfolds. But, Brendan, I know you got to ride off into the night. I know uh, as a busy journalist, you have an ever-going deadline that is never met. So I don't want to hold you up, but we do want to thank you for joining us on the program tonight and helping us do a little bit of high school hockey preview. Thanks again, Ben. Looking forward to broadcasting some games, and I'm looking forward to seeing some of you coaches out there on the route. There it Sounds is. Good, Brendan. Thank you. Absolutely. Thanks, Brendan. Brendan Connolly joining us from the Boston Herald. Folks, we are going to take our first break. So when we come back, we're going to continue the conversation. We're going to add some more to it, too. We'll talk some MBTA ferry decisions, or indecisions, I guess you could say. And we're going to talk about some other things, too. You're listening to 95.9 FM WATD, the people's truth. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back. Welcome back to 95.9 FM WATD. Benny Rabbi here with you on The People's Truth. All kinds of fun stuff going on already. We are joined tonight by our panel of roundtable experts, head coach Pat Kennedy of the Weymouth Varsity Club, 
head coach Adam Clancy of the Braintree JV Club and head coach Anthony Chigasola of the East Coast Militia and Vikings Hockey Club. Gentlemen, welcome back. We just heard from Brendan Connolly, but we're going to continue the conversation of this high school hockey preview and we're going to go back to Coach Kennedy. We're going to start with you, sir. Uh, you said this is your 11th year coaching behind the helm. First of all, congratulations. That's a heck of a run for uh, anyone. So 11 years is a long time to be continuously doing something that you love that passionately. So good on you, first of all. We'll jump right back into it. So, Coach, why don't, why don't you tell us uh, how many returning seniors are you looking at this year and uh, how well are they going to be able to translate that to the younger core that's going to be joining them? We have a good amount of seniors. I think we have seven or eight coming back. Um, uh, we have a our goalie's a senior. Um, we have a senior jack doyle was a basic league all-star last year he's coming back um and uh they're just you know what they're really good kids um the senior group last year was was a great group of kids and um every one of them was a leader last year uh and that's what i expect this year from the seniors is you know whether you're playing power play or penalty kill or you're out there every second or third shift or you know you get eight minutes a game um, there's, there's a time to be a leader and, um, we have a responsible group and a mature group of seniors. And I, th- I expect all of them to be leaders, whether they have a C or not. So. Absolutely. And, uh, coach Clancy, I'll defer the next one to you along those same lines, obviously with the JV, the younger kids, what do you see along their, their mentality? Have you actually met with any of the players yet for this season? And what does it look like for you? What is, what is the vibe you're getting at this point? No, I mean, I personally haven't met with any of the players. Um, I mean, at the JV level, you know, I had last year, Braintree High Varsity graduated, I think, 13 or 14 seniors. Um, I have a lot of underclassmen that are going to be moving up to the varsity level. Um, but, I mean, for me at the JV level, it's more about teaching these kids, you know, the systems of high school hockey, what it takes to be a student athlete, and helping them get ready for that next level because – you know, and Pat can attest to this, going from JV hockey to varsity hockey is two completely different worlds, both physically and mentally. Um, so, I mean, my job really is I do what I can to, to teach these kids how to get ready and prepare physically and mentally for that next level. Um, I mean, I did have a JV team last year that was top-notch. I mean, we went undefeated. We went 20-0-1, scored 111 goals, only, only let up nine goals, and had 13 shutouts. You know, I, I had a people would say a wagon of a team, and those kids are ready for the next level. But I mean, this year is going to be very different. Um, you know, like we mentioned before, there, there's no state tournament, there's no playoffs or anything like that. So I, I feel this season should just be really all about the seniors. Let the seniors play. Let them just go out and have one final run of fun with their with their buddies. Absolutely. And like I was saying earlier, we saw the very tail end of uh, the 2019-2020 season where the state tournament got all the way up to the final deciding games on who is going to TD Garden. The, the, The tickets were punched. The bus tickets were ready to go. And... Man, just everything ripped out. So I, I feel for the last two years of seniors, not only last year's, but this year's as well, they didn't even have a chance coming out of the gate. Everything getting canceled. Fall sports went first, obviously. And just, it's we're, we are very thankful to have uh, any kind of hockey right now. It's, it's really the mainstay of what we're saying. Uh, Coach Chiggs, for you, you got the younger kids, so we're kind of covering the entire spectrum here as far as the coaching world. Uh, what have you seen from the youth level 
as far as their mentality as well. And, and, and not to piggyback necessarily uh, too far off what we asked you earlier, but uh, just with the younger kids, you got the parents involved, and uh, I'm sure it's just as difficult for the parents to deal with this as the kids, I'm sure, have had just as plenty of problems. I think the hardest part for the youth is probably the parents not being able to enter the ranks. Um, the state of Massachusetts has allowed two parents and siblings, but most of the ranks in a lot of leagues are, are not allowing any parents. You have to watch on a live barn or they're allowing one parent. It's kind of caused an issue. So um, I do feel for the parents that they're not able to, you know, take, take pride, like, you know, just sit there and watch their kids play the game that they love. Um, but, you know, for the most part, I mean, the kids have been great, especially at the youth level with understanding the whole mask and coming to the rink dressed and everything. Um, it's, it's been going pretty well, at least for our program. Um, and, and the kids are doing their best with it. Uh, the most important thing is they can come and hang out with their friends and play hockey every day. So it, it's been a breath of fresh air, uh, lately. Absolutely. And, uh, this question be open-ended for anyone that happens to have the information on hand first. Uh, not all of the rinks here in the South shore and beyond are really being utilized. There's only a handful of them that are even available. Is that correct? Correct. So yeah. there's there's certain ranks that are allowing certain things, um, and there's certain ranks that are going to be taking up their ice um, and everything like that just as a cost savings. Um, so uh, just an example, um, if you are a rank in Massachusetts and uh, you're not allowed to sell ice after 8.30 at night because of the curfew and being home by 10, that means that if you're a rank that has a sheet and a half of ice, you're losing out on your 9 o'clock, your 9.30, your 10, your 10.30, and sometimes even your 11 o'clock time slot. That's five hours worth of ice, and if you average it, you know, say 400 bucks an hour, that's $2,000 worth of income right there. A night. Um, and that's a night. And a lot of the private rinks, like the Thayer Sports Center, um, our owners are paying for somebody to, man, uh, to watch that front door. And what we're kind of seeing, ironically, is a lot of the state rinks uh, they're not paying anybody to watch the front door to make sure that all the rules are being followed. And you would think, you know, the state is the one that's mandating these rules and they would pay somebody to sit there and make sure that everything, it's the two parents or whatever. But a lot of these public facilities, uh, that's not the case. So you're seeing a lot of people just close up shop um, or just not allowing people in at all. Um, so that's, that's a big thing because I know like uh, BC High, is now playing their games out of the Thayer Sports Center this year, not UMass Boston. Um, so, I mean, now you're talking about the kids instead of bringing their bags there, you got to go all the way to Braintree after. Um, so I, I think it's a lot of shuffling around just to get the kids to play. Absolutely. Uh, Coach Kennedy, would you like to add anything to that? Uh, yeah, it's just, you know, it's, it's going to be tough. I, I think from what I've seen, I think the kids are, the kids are, fairly responsible just because they know what's at stake and that's that they're just not going to play if they're not responsible so um the experiences i've had is that the kids are doing what they're supposed to do um and i've either been on the ice um or close to the ice so i haven't really seen the parents side uh unfortunately very good and uh coach yeah, i mean from my experience so far just even with the younger kids but seeing some of the high school kids are on the rinks the, the kids are following every rule they possibly have to because all they want to do is play hockey. And, I mean, and I, I know it's frustrating as a parent that they can't be a normal day at the rink with the family and watch their kids, but, like, 
I think parents sometimes should need to put their pride aside and realize, hey, my son or my daughter's in there having fun doing what they want to do and, and just have to bite the bullet. I mean, luckily, you know, with my youth team, my parents are fantastic and they, and they follow the rules. And, yeah, it gets frustrating sometimes, but it, 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 these they got to realize the coaches didn't put these rules in place. The rinks didn't put these rules in place. The state put these rules in place. We can't control that. You know, all that really should matter is that those kids are on the ice having a, the time of their life. You know, and let let them come out after the game or practice and say, "Oh, I had this. I scored two goals." You know, let just see the joy in their face. That's all that really matters. Couldn't have said that better myself, uh, gentlemen. We are going to take our halftime break. I can't believe it's already nine thirty. It's just time is flying by, but so goes showbiz. You know, so gentlemen, can you stay with us for another couple of segments? Oh yeah, I'm here. Yeah. Excellent. All right. Folks, we are going to step away, take that break. You're listening to 95.9 FM WATD. Benny Rabbi here with you on The People's Truth. We're talking hockey. And when we come back, get some opinion from the local side on the MBTA's decision to postpone their decision. Man, the indecision of it all. We'll be right back with more People's Truth on WATD. Welcome back. Benny Rabbi here with you. People's Truth here alongside head coach Pat Kennedy, coach Adam Clancy, and head coach Anthony Chigasola. We got all kinds of fun stuff going on tonight. We're going to take a little small detour away from hockey for just a moment here, folks, because there was a little bit of a local update, and we want to touch on that because I haven't heard too many other outlets even really mentioning about it, and that is the Save the Greenbush and save the boat movement that is happening. And uh, today there was a really big deadline made. Uh, The meeting was on the fiscal management team and the control board. They were in that meeting for nearly six hours today, and they covered almost all topics in it. But the main takeaway is that they could not reach a decision, and the fate shall linger in the wind just a little bit longer. The next meeting is going to be Monday, December 14th, and it will give the MBT additional time to review this massive project and the massive amount of public feedback and outcry that they have received. The encouraging news, at least, is that T officials are evaluating whether cuts should even be a thing in the first place based on this feedback. Now, gentlemen, we talked briefly off air. Uh, one of you works from home, and uh, not too much traveling happening right now anyway, but does, does this affect any of the three of you, first of all? I mean, me personally, it, it affects some of my family because I have family that works for the MBTA. Oh. Now, what, you know? what what wings do they work with? Are they on the train? Are they on the, the trolleys? Uh, I have I have an uncle that works for the, you know, drives the trolleys. I have an uncle. Uh, my brother-in-law works for the, the commuter rail. All right on. So he knows all about the Greenbush line. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think in all honesty, like, yeah, the, this pandemic has been a nightmare for everyone. It, it is what it is. It's going to eventually, hopefully, subside and go away. Um, I don't think they should be making any rushes to, to cut costs and cut things and, you know, jeopardize people's jobs. This isn't going to last forever. Right. It's been about a year, but hopefully not forever. That's for sure. 
And uh, like you said, a lot of the public feedback was, hey, look, man, you can always slow down service, but if you shut it down altogether, it's really hard to turn it back on. It's not just flip a switch and away we go. You know, there's people, there's equipment, there's things that have to be tended to. And I know especially in our area here on the South Shore, the Weymouth Braintree area, lots of action around those train tracks. And a lot of things have changed in the last 10, 15 years as direct result because of it. So I don't think anybody wants to see those projects completely gone to the wayside for no reason other than. Um, Jiggs, I know you, uh, you man of the area, man of the South Shore here. Uh, your take on this? Um, well, I was just thinking about this because my full-time job, I work over at Archbishop Williams. So I wonder how much of this will affect the kids that, we commu- that commute to the school just because uh, the school pulls, I think it's, it's either 31 or 41 different towns in Massachusetts, we have kids come from, um, we have kids come all the way down from the Cape. So, I mean, I wonder how many of these families are going to be affected by this just because the school has the red line. um, You can get off of the red line in Braintree or get get off at Braintree. The bus will drop you off out front or you can get off in Quincy and they just opened up the gates in Quincy so that kids can walk down the street to Archie. So I wonder if that will end up affecting a lot of these families that, you know, pay very, very small dollars to get their kids to school instead of carpooling and things of that sort. Absolutely. That is absolutely going to be a problem. I mean, gone are the days where you can just grab your bag, hop on the train, a couple of stops, and away you go, uh, especially if they start cutting Greenbush service like that. Um, I used to work for the ferry myself uh, at a Hingham heading to Rose Wharf in Boston. And, I mean, you factor 400 passengers on board both ways, uh, and that's eight, nine times a day. So that's an awful lot of people to just be like, hey, guys, sorry, out of luck. Uh, Coach Kennedy, uh, any opinion on this at all? I mean, uh, I know being a Weymouth guy, we have some tracks, not too many, but we have enough. Um, yeah, but, I mean, you drive you drive around the South Shore and those the lots at the, at the train stations, they're all full every single day. So um, you take the trains away and... All those cars are going to end up on 93 North at 7 a.m. It's not going to make people very happy. No, it's definitely not going to help traffic. And uh, we all know those early morning roads to the rinks are already troublesome enough. We definitely don't need every single car of inhumanity on the road at the same time. Well, yeah. I, I couldn't oh, agree more. I mean, I mean my, my commute, I mean, uh, I go from upstairs to downstairs, so my commute really isn't that bad. So. <laughs> Yeah, you just you just got to mosey from the couch over to the other couch, get the milk and I cookie treatment. I just have to figure out what, which hoodie I'm going to wear for the day. That's pretty much it. <laughs> That's the way to be. But no, I mean, it just it's going to affect everyone. But at the same time, let's not jump to cutting jobs and cutting employees' hours and things like that. It, this is eventually going to just fizzle out and go away. So, yeah, okay, maybe slowing down or not having as many routes or however they operate each, you know, just give it time. That's all you got to do. Just give it time. If you cut the ferry boats, that's just going to make it even worse. Absolutely. He's going to be putting people in all kinds of different positions on that. Uh, let's let's uh, scale back a little bit. We're going to talk a little bit about the COVID-19 stuff in general here. Uh, for your families personally, uh, what are some of the new habits that you find your family now holding and, uh, Definitely wasn't happening about a year ago, but maybe even the younger kids are now doing things that are COVID-related, and they don't even realize it yet. Coach, I know you got some young ones. Have you seen anything yet? Uh, yeah, I have a, a three-year-old and a soon-to-be one-year-old. Um, 
So, I mean, it's, it's tough. I mean, you know, he, my, my oldest is three and he, I mean, he goes to an at-home daycare, but it's a small one, but I mean, even just to be able to take him to the store, it's like, is it worth it? Or, you know, you just want to get him out of the house. Um, it's, it's tough. It's very frustrating. And Coach Kennedy, I'm not sure. Do you have any uh, kids? Have you noticed the same? I do. Yeah, I'm. I'm the same as Clance. I got a th- almost three year old and uh, and a one and a half year old daughter, and um, it's same same thing. Just taking them to the store. If you got if you got to run in, it, it just um, you know if you got the kids in the car, you bring them home, and then you go back to the store. So um, trying to teach my son, my th- my almost three year old, how to keep his mask on and. <laughs> Um, Fun, isn't I it? did take him to the store and it was successful, but it's, uh, yeah, it's a, uh, it's a challenge. It's a new challenge, but that's yeah, the way well. the world right now. Anyway. They, and, they said potty and, training would be tough. Mask training wasn't even covered in the, in the manual. The, it, <laughs> it's the hard part lead, about it too. <laughs> I mean, you know, for example, we on yesterday on Sunday, we, we took, you know, the trip to Bass Pro to, to see Santa, you know, it was pretty much the first time that both boys were out of the house for more than an hour. And just to see the joy on mainly my three-year-old's face was priceless, you know. And, like, I missed that. And then walking around the store and seeing the toys and the dead animals and the live animals, like, that's the stuff I just wish we could do more and more and more and not just here and there. Absolutely. Uh, Coach Chiggs, I'll uh, grab your attention as well. Uh, what are some of the habits you've seen in your younger players? I mean, I'm surely you see so many of them as the day rolls through with all the different skills that you run. You must be seeing some strange habits form. Um, <clears throat> the thing that's probably the most concerning for me would be the amount of kids that have asthma and have breathing difficulties trying to breathe through the masks. Um, you know, there's there's some kids, there's, there's one child on my team that has a really tough time with it. Um, and you can tell he's out of breath constantly. So on the negative side, that kind of worries me. Um, but you know, I, I'm starting to realize more and more that the kids are kind of growing up with this to them. It's not that big of a deal to throw on a mask now to them. It's, it's just part of life. I think that they're doing a good job with it and they're kind of figuring it out as they go. It's more, you know, the people that just keep complaining about it. I think all of us can agree. Nobody wants to wear a mask. It's annoying and everything like that. But I mean, if this is what they're saying is going to help us get back to, to, to life before this, then, you know, just keep doing it and keep plugging away. Um, I think people have to realize that you can't get the mindset that it's temporary. You know, we're not going to be mandated to wear masks for the next 40 years of our lives. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's a bump on the road that we have to deal with and people are going to deal with it in different ways, but it's just, we can't make the rules. It's not us. You know, history has a funny way of repeating itself. And in uh, World War One, around the uh, the influenza, when that broke out, we forget people wore masks on the regular for almost three full years before those finally wore off and it stopped being a thing. And there were folks on both sides, even back then, you had some that said the mask is going to save us all. And you had plenty that said the mask is not going to save anybody. 
And, uh, you know, we all survived, so uh, maybe they were both right. Who knows? But definitely uh, we don't want to be seeing anyone with asthma having rough times. I mean, hockey's for everyone. Sports are for everyone. And it, it's it's a rough card to have stacked against you in that regard for sure. Uh, Coach Kennedy, have you, have you seen anything of the same as far as breathing issues through the masks and anything? Um. I think I think the kids have been pretty good, and especially hockey wise. If they, you know, I've done some camps and some practices, but um, you know, if if they need to if they need to pull it down for a second, they just go off to the side by themselves. They go over to the bench and um, get a squirt of water, and then and then they come back in. Um, but uh, I teach in an elementary school too, and um, I think like uh, like Chig said, I think the kids are doing a really good job at that age, which has um, caught me by surprise, but. You know, like he said, they're just kind of growing up with it. It's just, you know, fortunately and unfortunately at the same time, it's the new normal. And uh, very rarely do I have to remind a kid to put his mask back on or pull it up. It's, um, you know, it, it almost really doesn't happen. Well, that's good. I mean, it, it's reassuring to hear that at least the younger generation understands why. And even if they don't truly understand why, they're at least doing what needs to be done to help keep everybody safe. Because... Man, we all know germs on the regular are pretty scary. So here in an epidemic, it's uh, it's double wide for sure. Uh, but tell you what, guys, we're going to take our last break. We are almost at the end of the show already, if you can believe that. So we're going to jump out. We're going to take that last break. When we come back, final thoughts, wrap things up. We'll fill you in on uh, a few more details, and we'll take it from there. You're listening to The People's Truth here on 95.9 FM, WATD. Stay tuned. Hi, everybody. Mike Joshua here, host of Americanorama on WATD. Americanorama features music from Wilco, Nico Case, Sturgill Simpson, Della May, Jason Isbell, Margot Price, Iron and Wine, Lucinda Williams, The Lone Bellow, as well as the twangier side of rock acts like My Morning Jacket, Band of Horses, Neil Young, and Tom Petty, with a dash of classic country as well. Americanorama, Monday through Thursday night at 10 p.m., only on 95.9 WATD. Welcome back. 95.9 95.9 FM WATD. Benny Rabbi here with you live in studio. We're joined via Zoom by Weymouth Varsity Head Coach Pat Kennedy, Braintree JV Head Coach Coach Adam Clancy, and Head Coach Anthony Chigasola of the East Coast Militia and Vikings Hockey Club. Gentlemen, we have about 10 minutes left in the program, and I wanted to make sure you guys had your open platforms as promised because this is the people's truth. You are people, to my understanding. Chigs especially. We're looking at you. And uh, we want to make sure you have that moment. So, Chigs, take it away, bud. Um, so one thing that I was kind of I was reading a lot about today that I think is terrible, especially for hockey, is what the uh, NHL owners are doing to NHL players right now. Um, They basically had come to an agreement in terms of sharing money and and things of that sort. And, you know, you you always hear about how hockey players or or players in general in professional sports always uh, get the the short end of the stick in these deals. So, you know, they, they asked the NHL players to make some concessions and everything like that. They agreed upon it, and boom, we add hockey. And I have to say... I think for a lot of us during during the height of the pandemic when it started, being able to watch hockey games in a bubble for for a lot of us, that kind of had us 
you know, feeling pretty good about ourselves. But, you know, for the NHL owners to now, you know, renege on this deal and say, well, we don't like that deal anymore. You're going to have to give up more, I think is completely ludicrous. Um, And, you know, this is nothing against the other sports. The NHL players make the least amount of money out of the four major sports. Your top player in the NHL, you know, arguably Crosby, McDavid, you know, the most that these guys get paid is 10 to $12 million a year, where if you're coming off the bench in the NBA, you get paid 15 to $20 million a year. I'm completely disgusted by how this is going um, because, you know, it, it, it really shows you the true colors of people um, when all this is going on. You know, what programs are offering free things for people? What, what programs are trying to do their best so that people can live their lives to their fullest? And then you have these greedy owners that, because they didn't like their deal, now they're reneging on it and now they're talking about a lockout again where all these NHL players, you know, they already, they're already screwed up. They're not going to have their summers now. So we're going to play another 48-game schedule starting in January. Um, I'm disgusted. Mm-hmm. It's it just I'm sick and tired of seeing, you know, people work hard and get taken advantage of from people that have silver spoons in their mouths. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, I think a lot of people agree in Boston we have one of the worst owners of all time. Um, the Jacobs family and my family, uh, sorry, the Jacobs family, in my opinion, they're just terrible human beings. They were the last NHL team to, to pay some salary to, to their workers during the middle of COVID. If it came back to it and if we were able to play those games. Um, so it's just something that, you know, I think right now a, a lot of people are missing coming home, watching on the Bruins or something like that at the end of the day, having something to look forward to to kind of take their mind off of things. But, you know, you don't have that right now. Um, so, you know, just a small rant, but it was just something that was brought up and, and everything like that. And, you know, shame on these owners for doing this. You know, it, it's not up to the players to take their, their money and make sure that people are taken care of. But no, a lot of these players have to take money out of their own pockets to make sure the everyday people are taken care of, not the Jacobs family that, you know, probably can't even spell half the Bruins players' names and probably don't even know what a broom looks like. You know, so that type of stuff just really grinds my gears um, just because, you know, I, I came from a background where you work for work for every dollar that you make and everything. That's why I have two full-time jobs. Um, so, yeah, there's my little rant for you, Clance. Well said, man. Well said. The in-house wow. peanut gallery loved it, Jigs. They loved it. How do you top that thing? <laughs> I don't know. How do you top that? <laughs> we'll uh, we'll let head coach Pat Kennedy give it a try, though. Sir, open platform for you as well. Tell the world your truth and what you're thinking. Yeah, that's tough to top. Uh, I agree. It's tough, especially myself. And, you know, I, it's tough coming home and not having the Bruins to watch. Uh, three nights a week, but, um, but back to high school hockey. Um, I think just like everything we've been doing for the last nine, 10 months, 11 months, however long it's been, it's just going to be a learning process for everybody. Um, if I had to tell my kids what to expect, I think they can expect a lot of uh, pre-practice planning where either the night before or the, at the beginning of the week, they're getting all the practice plans all at once. Um, so that they know what's coming so that we can make the most of our ice time. Um, I like doing video. I think you get a lot out of it. I think the whole team gets a lot out of it. We usually do it at the rink in the locker room. 
we're not going to be able to do that this year. Um, we typically invite all the JV kids to come if, if they're around uh, to come to a, to a video session. And we're not going to be able to do that this year. Um, but luckily, we have Google Meet. We have Zoom um, where we'll, I'll be able to do some video review and, you know, a- ask the kids for input, see if they have any questions. We got the huddle subscription at Wayne High uh, so the kids can go on and make sure they're watching their own stuff. Um, they just got to stick with the process. Uh, follow the rules. And I, I said it earlier, the kids are doing a great job, and uh, we need everybody on board so that we can get we can get this season, like Clint said earlier, we can get the seniors their memories. Um, they're not going to have the Hingham game on Christmas Eve, but uh, we can make the most of it. Um, and um, somebody mentioned earlier the Catholics versus Publix. Publics are coming back. We got two publics, two public school Super Eight champs in the last four years. It's true. It's true. I called both of them actually live from They're TD Garden. Back. Yeah, the the Plymouth five, five, cha- five champs in four years, but there it is. There it is. Well said, Coach. Well said. And uh, certainly, last but not least, Coach Clancy, the court is yours, my friend. Uh, well, first, I, I just want to give a, a little shout out to uh, Mark Johnson and the the Weymouth Youth Pee Wee B team and his son Joshua for a uh, seven one and three record so far for them. So hats off to them. Weymouth youth right there, Chiggs, just to let you know. Weymouth, not Archies. Um, you realize that you work for the Vikings and not <laughs> Weymouth youth, just saying. All right. That's all right. Uh, but, no, I mean, this year is definitely going to be different. Um, you know, talk about high school hockey like Pat was. Um, the, you know, even one of the, the harder things, too, is, you know, Pat, you can test with the, the roster sizes. You know, yep. and you normally have 25 to 27 kids on your roster. You can only dress 21 a game. But now they're saying, what, 22 per roster, 20 per game. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, at at the JV level alone, I had 27 kids on my roster last year. You know, and for, you know, an organization like Braintree that has 100-plus kids trying out every single year, you know, there's 10-plus seniors every year. You know, it's just, it's going to be tough. And But, you know, the kids... They want it bad enough. They're going to follow the rules and they're going to do what it takes. Um, it's it, it's the new norm for now. Uh, but all you know, all I really care about is just getting back on the ice with the team and, and and helping them get ready and be a team in any way that we can, whether it's weekly team meetings on Google Meets or whatever. It's just really just want them to have a season and and have fun and make the best of it. Absolutely. Well said. And I think that's just what all of us want. We all want hockey to come back. We want any feeling of normalcy that we can hold on to to stay right where it is. And if you get up out of that chair, kid, so help me. I'm just kidding. We just want it to stay right where we can see it because normalcy is a very hard-to-come-by commodity these days. And can't stress that enough. So, uh, gentlemen, I want to just uh, go through the line one more time. How can everybody find you guys? How can they reach out to you on social media? Maybe you've inspired a parent here tonight listening to sign their kid up for hockey despite all the odds and everything else. Or how can they get a hold of you? Uh, we'll start with you, uh, Coach Kennedy. Yeah, I'm on Twitter. I'm at Coach Kennedy WHS. Um, yeah, I put out stuff. I'm, I'm, anyone can reach out to me. I, I like to. I'll talk to anybody. So. Uh, kids, parents, um, if you get me on Twitter or, uh, or call Weymouth High, they have my contact information. And um, we want to get everybody playing. Like you said, hockey's for everybody. So if you want to play, um, 
hopefully hopefully we can get you in. That's right. And speaking of uh, if everybody wants to play, you just need some gear, maybe an extra stick or two. Coach Chiggs, how can they get a hold of you, bud? Uh, so you can find me on Instagram at Coach Chig uh, or on Facebook at Anthony Chigasola. Um, and, yeah, I'm always available. Talk anybody that's interested from learn to skate all the way up to U18. If they want to play for the Vikings or militia, please feel free to reach out. Um, we're always just looking for, for kids that are willing to get better willing to put in the work and, and good families and, and that sort. There it is. And Coach Clancy, you've got a couple of things to uh, shout out there. Yeah, so I mean, for me, you know, I'm on Instagram. It's afclancy4. Um, my email is coachclancy44 at gmail.com. Um, you know, one of the things I, I've been doing lately, and I was talking to actually Pat a couple of days ago about it, is I've recently signed on with uh, Vibero Hockey as, uh, you know, equipment sales rep. So, you know, if you work for an organization or a school and you're looking for, you know, top-of-the-line equipment, custom gear as, you know, gloves, sticks, pants, bags, jerseys, you name it, we can customize it. You know, it's top-of-the-line gear comparable to the Bowers, Warriors, CCMs for a fraction of the cost. So, I mean, if you're, if you're interested in learning more about it, send me an email, uh, coachclancy44 at gmail.com. Thank you so much for joining us tonight, gentlemen. Uh, again, we were joined tonight by head coach Pat Kennedy of the Weymouth Wildcats varsity hockey team, coach Adam Clancy from the Braintree JV squad, and coach Anthony Chigasol from the East Coast Militia and Vikings Hockey Club. Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Uh, thank you, guys. There they are, the legends in our hearts and in our minds of the hockey world here on the South Shore. Thank you for joining us for another episode of The People's Truth. I'm Benny Rabbi. You can catch us on Spotify, Podbean. Just search The People's Truth 33. And don't forget to keep it true, folks. Have a great night and have a great rest of your week.